What's happening, municipals? This is Big C. Let me tell you about a great place in Vision Golf. Indoor simulators have exploded in golf, and Vision is leading the charge here in Portland. With the use of leading simulator technology in Golf Zone, you get transported to 200 plus courses across the world with the most realistic simulator experience you'll ever come across. With a hitting mat that not only gives you the turf to simulate real rough and sand conditions, the mat also raises up in slopes to create real live positions like playing on the actual course. If you're in need of a lesson, Vision Golf also has you covered with the PGA teaching pro Ignacio CERN. On top of that, they create an atmosphere with full bar and food options and sports on all the TVs that you're never going to want to leave. This is a great place for all events to be hosted with the VIP section to accommodate groups of all sizes. If you live in the greater Portland area or even the Pacific Northwest, you have to come out to a Vision Golf and check it out in Tiger, Oregon. Use code MUNICIPALS and you will get your first hour for free on your first visit. Also check out league nights and monthly events. Envision Golf, the Pacific Northwest premier simulator facility. How hard did you push it? Till I black out? Yes. Numerous times, yes. This is your boy Big C and Ashton coming back in full effect. We are talking about the trip that Ashton made back to the PDX. Uh, we he was out here for a wedding. We got to we got to host a great event at our um, title sponsor, Envision Golf. Uh, we did a, a fun little event out there, gave away a bunch of free prizes, um, gave away some Jones golf bags, some swag from, you know, the great people at Union Golf really came through and gave away a lot of great. Union Green. Wow. But they are a Union golf Green, brand. The golf brand. Union Golf. Wow. <laughs> yes. Union Green. Check them out. Union Golf. <laughs> <laughs> Please check out Union Green. Um, they were, they have been really big supporters of the brand. Um, they've, yeah, they've they come have. through, you know, really excited to kind of have them as supporters of what we're doing. And, and they came through big. Every person that came out got a union green hat. We gave away some mugs and, and some, you know, golf balls and other swag that they, they sent our way. So really great. But we got to get out and, and play an actual round prior to that event. And we went out um, and I wanted to show Ashton more on the municipal side. I, I wouldn't say that I haven't shown him the municipal side of, of golf out here, but I would say this is one of the munis of all munis in the area outside of East Moreland and Rose city. Uh, Quail Valley is one of those golf courses. It's, salt of the earth type people that play out there it's you know blue collar you know it, it's a really great facility they hold usga qualifiers out there um i know that the uh university of the pacific which is out in forest grove also utilizes that course as their home course it, it's a really well maintained course for a very reasonable price to play 
I think we both enjoyed it out there. And it's a place that I always like to bring bring people out. And when we're running out of courses to show to show Ashton, it was one of the last ones that were on my list to show him. Yeah, it, it was it was great. And, and real quick, just want to circle back and, and, and just kind of highlight, you know, going back to Envision, um, I have uh, played a lot of simulator golf. You know, I've seen a lot of different things. And, um, like, you're probably like, yeah, this is a sponsor. And, like, that is true. Uh, but I was genuinely blown away. I mean, I think that, like, it, it was unlike a simulator I've ever done. It was, Chris, you can help me. It's the most advanced simulator technology where it's, like, you have, like, the the ground moves if you're on a certain lie. You can hit, at like, it's, you know, not out of the sand, but it feels like the sand. It feels like the rough. Um, very easy for righties and lefties. Like, Chris and I were playing on a, a on a scramble team together, and it basically would kind of, like, like my side would light up, his side would light up. Um, um, so, you know, like a good example is I'll be coming back to Portland in December and I'm not going to play golf, obviously, but like, we'll probably, you know, hopefully we can get out to envision or I was even telling Liz, take her family to envision like a perfect thing to do, uh, while we were there, it was super hot. So good for people. If it's a little too warm, I think they're going to kill it when the weather chills down. Uh, but that was a really special day. But yeah, but Quail Valley, I mean, we, um, well, first of all, to give people some context, it was a classic Christopher Reinhardt day. Picks me up, running a little bit late, no big deal, whatever. We built in plenty of time. About halfway to the course, Chris asked me, quote, is my putter in my golf bag? Um, all the blood coming out of my face. The answer was no. Uh, but you think, okay, fine, right? We're right near Chris's shop. He's going to have his keys. That's fine. Turns out, uh, his keys were on the other uh, the other car. He, 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 I preached this. He drove the nicer, quote-unquote, car for me. Uh, but his keys were not on that lanyard. So <laughs> uh, he very politely were in the Chick-fil-A parking lot. Um, shout out Chick-fil-A. And by that, I mean shout out the food, not what you stand for. You guys suck. Um, uh, like, the, like the fried chicken, but, you know, the, the stuff in the background is a bit of a tough scene. Um, and Chris was like, hey, uh, would you mind, uh, can we move back our tea time? And the guy was like, this was something to come for later. Cause the guy was like, I think our tea time is like nine 40. It's like, ah, for, for two, uh, I got like 11, 12. We were like, God, that was a lot of like hemming and hawing about this. And as it turns out, we got there and quail Valley was fucking slammed. Um, it was so, it was a Thursday. I took a Thursday off work to play. Um, and it was slammed, but it makes sense. Really good value. The biggest thing we're going to talk about is the greens were fuego. Um, super affordable, everything affordable. Like I think I got us like two beers a piece, a Gatorade, a water. And it's like 25 bucks for like six or seven drinks. Um, definitely a place that I can see why people are playing all the time. Because again, conditioning was like the greens were so good and healthy despite the fact how hot it was. So we definitely had quite the day, but I mean, those have to be some of the best greens you ever put it on, right? Like, I mean, for, for, for considering the course, I'm not saying like private courses, like speed were really, really good. Um, it's, it's funny. Ashton, last time he was out here, you know, it rained on us every round that we played. And he said before he left, he goes, oh, yeah, it would be nice to be able to come to Portland when the weather is actually warm. And so the next time he comes out, it's 100 degrees outside and super muggy. And it just it you know what? It it wasn't horrible. 
you know, it wasn't like Sacramento or like deep south humidity, but it was just kind of hot and sticky out. And, you know, by the time we hit 15, 16, I think both of us were very much beat. And we even carted it. And we were both still very tired coming into the, the home stretch. And it definitely showed on my scorecard because I had a heater <laughs> of a round going until we hit 14. Yeah, you were playing – wait, I think you tri- you tripled 14 and then tripled 17. Is that both, right? Both – I think you shot, you shot 80. On both of those, and I shot 80. Okay, I, I think my role here is to correct you, not to be a dick. You hit it in the water on yeah, 14. I you did hit it. I'm. Well, you you might have hit it OB on. I hit it OB on 16. Yeah, I think it actually was OB on 17. 17. I hit 17. OB on 17 right, yeah. and then I hit into the water left on on yeah. 14. Because like you can't be like the Eric Anders laying hole by hole videos when he's blowing at OB and then drop. Like you're doing the opposite. Like you're you're in theory giving yourself a worse score. Yeah. You're, you're you're hitting in the red hazard and calling it OB. It's no. not that. Uh, but yeah, no, that was yeah. The, <laughs> I, I think our match ended on sixteen, and yeah, I think I think we both hit it OB on seventeen. It was sort of like no, our match whatever, ended man. on like, thirteen, sir. I already had it one no, by it the didn't. time I went and tripled 14. That is not true. true. We, we Look at the scorecard. No, it's not. You won on 16, dog. You won on the par three. All right. I'll have to, I'll have to, we'll go I'll back have look to at the scorecard. That. Okay. Okay, Mr. OB. He's not okay, like, not sure what an OB is. I'm, you won on 16. I will say. You won on 16. Ashton was par through nine, and I was one under through nine. We had a heater going. I, mean, I, I think I think I, I think I shot seventy like seventy seven. Like score wise, I yep. beat you, and I got my ass kicked in the yep. match. I mean, on one of the holes, Chris makes like this. He hits it on completely the wrong tier, and makes this like fifty footer that breaks like three different ways. It's like I like I get up, I miss the green, chip it up there to an inch. Cool, we're gonna tie another hole. He makes this fucking fifty footer. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, I'm I'm even par, and I'm no, I'm one over because I three putt on the first hole. I mean, Chris has beaten me. It's, it, was, it was crazy, but it, it's it's really fun. I think you said this. I think we play our best golf with and against yep. each other because we, it's it's the right balance of like I want to beat you, but we're hanging. Like, it, it, I'm not gonna be too intense. The only time it's been intense was the cookout but i think like we have the right balance of like we want to win but we're not going to like not talk to each other it's it's kind of the, just the right balance and we're all, we're also always within one handicap of like shot a stroke of each other so like you might be getting one or nothing so it's always really fun to play. But Chris, we'll go into some a couple of our favorite holes. You know, I knew we, before you pressed record, you were already talking about number nine. Take the people to, to number nine at Quill Valley. Yeah, so number nine was a really is is one of my favorite co- holes on the golf course. So number nine is a par four. Um from the tees we were playing at 431. So it's kind of a bomber's paradise off the tee. You know, you can kind of hit it as far right as you want. If you do hit it short left or even hit it a little bit too long left, you will be flirting with the water on the left-hand side. But again, if you favor the right, 
you're going to be totally fine. You can bomb it all over the place. There's not a whole lot of trees on this hole. There actually is really nothing uh, tree-wise on this hole on the right-hand side to really give you any issues to be able to approach the green from there. But what I love about it is the approach shot. So it's a smaller green that slopes back to front um, because it all slopes towards the water. And it basically, you know, half of the green is, is pretty much guarded by water on the left-hand side in the front. So you're, you have to hit a very good golf shot to be able to hit this green in two. But you're not left with a lot of distance. You just have to hit a really good 130, you know, to 110 shot into this green. But it's got to be on a dime. Because if you also spin it too much or if the hole is playing closer to the water, you want to play it safe and play it a little bit more towards the inland side and have, you know, maybe a two putt just to save par. But if the hole is playing a little bit further back to where it's not flirting with the water, you can really attack that pin and get at it. It, it just, the green and, and the approach shot really gives you a different playability depending upon where the hole is placed that day. And I just think that's a that's a fun hole to play. Yeah, and also there's a lot of, uh, at least when we played it, they might change it at different times of the year, but there were a lot of reeds around the green. So I know that like, I had like a gap wedge in and I think I sort of like pimp stepped it. <laughs> and I think my ball landed like right by the hole, but sucked back, which that's a theme you'll notice here. A lot of back to front greens. So I struggled all day with my spin. Also, I think I'm playing the wrong golf ball. Chris and I have kind of talked about that recently. I, I should have mentioned this last week, but I'll just mention this here to you, Chris. Uh, my new friend, uh, Josh Holiday, he gave me a, a couple AVXs that I played with at Stanford. That's definitely the golf ball I need to be playing. Like, literally, I was sucking it off the front at Stanford, and he was like, dude, try one of these. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, it's not spinning like an absolute mofo with, like, Pro V1Xs with mirror irons just creating, like, crazy, crazy spin. So, but this was one of those where I landed right by the hole. It feels great suck it back but with the reeds i was like is that in the water am i up is it close i I can't tell there's something thrilling about that and then to your point chris i think the other thing is kind of two things this is another example that i saw here of there's a lot of what i would call uh, strategic mounting so it's a pretty flat golf course but along the right side they built some mounds um to make it feel tighter than it actually is. I don't think you probably want to be over the other side of those mounds, but it's not like it's a huge deal if you do, which naturally pushes you farther left. And I know that I sort of blocked my drive out there to the uh, the left, but as it turns out, if you go on the, the website, you'll see this as well. There's more room left than you think as well. So I thought I hit it in the water. Turns out I actually hit it up there. So I think it's just one of those holes that there's a lot of stuff going on. There's more room left than you think. The mounting is going to push you to the left, but you can actually hit it over on the right. Um, the reeds are going to make you unsure where it is. So it's definitely kind of a captivating hole. And then also, too, it kind of when you go off the green, it kind of spills directly into number 10, which I always like, where it's not like you have to go all there on the clubhouse. Like you go basically from 9 to 10 uh, immediately. And I sort of like when the routing takes you directly to the next hole as opposed to like where's number 10 where do you have to find it like it's it's all kind of right there around the putting but it's well placed to where you round 210 
but still it's only a minute away from the clubhouse. So there is still the option to grab drinks or, or anything like that, but you can keep it pumping if you want to. That is a good routing because you always want it to loop back to where you can still go in and re regroup on beverages or refuel with a little bit of food on the turn. But it also allows people to get that quick, you know, flip back onto the course and, and keep it moving. So that, that was a really big plus to me was it, 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 the routing is, is well organized and designed for the fact to have both options. Yeah. And like I said, you run in, grab, you know, uh, four white claws and, and two Gatorades and it's like 22 bucks. That makes it, you should stop because those prices are wonderful, but to take us back, you know, one hole that really stood out to me still does. I, it, it's, it's a hole that I kind of think about a lot. Um, is number two, uh, from the tees that we played, I think the, the black tees, the back tees were actually, not put out that day so we, we played one up not necessarily because we wanted to because i don't think the course even from the backs is that long but from the tees we were playing uh 273 yards but the, again a lot of things are going to notice uh similarities uh kind of a slanted green uh <clears throat> it's uh, a very small green and there's water on the right side so we had a guy in our group who hit driver and like he got really lucky. He sort of hit it in between the two bunkers, but we sort of became pretty clear to us that that was not the right play. I think Chris and I think I had like a six iron and had a wedge in my hand, but similar idea. I hit a wedge with a lot of spin and I was like, Oh no, 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 no. Like, cause there's water. It's like, Oh no, like what's happening here. But that's a hole that I would love to, um, I think would be excellent. You know, I, I mean, I guess we were playing match play, but we're also kind of keeping our score. That'd be a fun hole for at the cookout, right? Where it's like, or like a two man best ball or an all shot where there's some real strategy where it's like, cool, you're going to hit six iron. I'm just going to pound driver up there. But actually at two seventy three, it's not even a driver, right? It's probably a three wood, but just the strategy of the hole where you can, I mean, you could probably hit, you know, nine iron, nine iron. Like there's, there's a lot of different ways to play it, but it's just a really kind of captivating hole. Cause number one, just very much kind of a get you out there hole. And then you turn the corner and it's like, is this a long par three? No, it's a short par four. Um, but I just haven't seen many holes, you know, that two seventy three mark. It sort of reminds me of, uh, number eight at Carica North. Um, that hole is sort of a train wreck because it is very gettable. This one is like, I mean, to get it on the green, you have to do something really special, but I like the options. I like the strategy. Um, there's plenty of like traditionally hard holes, but I just sort of like the idea of, um, just a hole that's 273 yards with water all in the right side. And it's, you know, you have two routes and actually after playing it again, I don't think going the aggressive route is going to do you much good with how small that green is, but I can, I bet, so many people there. I bet if you were to say more than 50% of people are being very aggressive, which is a mistake, but that's good golf architecture, right? It's tempting people into making the wrong decision. And I, I feel like most people are probably making that decision. Do you agree? Oh, 100%. I mean, that's, that's what those holes do to amateurs. They, they all think that they've hit that 270 yard drive once in their life. And they think this is the hole. This is it. This is where I'm going to hit it the second time, and it's going to happen, and then they fucking duck hook it 
into the water or they they dribble it you know 150 yards out it, it's just it's one of those holes that's going to make every single person step up to that tee and try to Bryson a fucking drive out there to to hit this green, and it's that's fun, you know. I, I like that. It, it I'm going to tell you right now. There's no way. There's even some of the best players that I know that's extraordinarily accurate off the tee that can hit it a long way wouldn't have even done it. Our boy JD. He would have stepped up to that tee, whipped out his fucking driving iron, and called it a day. Like, it, there's no way he would have went out there and, and hit, you know, a driver onto well, that green. Well, I think the only thing is he might have hit his driving iron that's on the true. green. Is that sort so, of a yeah, hole. he hit an eight iron off that tee. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably an eight iron for him if he's going to play back. But, it, but, but, yeah, I mean, again, like, that is good to me where it's like, it's a hole that I've. It, 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 there aren't many holes that you play that you're excited to revisit, right? Where it's like, what might I do this time? How might it look different? Um, and this is one where, again, I, I think about it a lot just because I remember standing up on the tee box and going, I don't know what this is. Before I looked at the scorecard, I was like, I can't tell what this is asking of me. And also, when you're looking at the picture on the on the website, it looks like it's very clear really really hard to understand where to hit it like i hit a six iron and you were like oh man don't go in the bunker and you were being a dick you thought it was gonna you were like oh no and then we get up there and like it wasn't even close to the bunker but it did look like it was gonna go in the bunker so it's also again with those reeds grown up really hard to kind of tell what's going on um on that hole but again that that that's all that's all good but i guess the theme here is a lot of water so i know chris your next one is number 14 um definitely a really good hole and definitely one which is going to ask a pretty demanding tee shot uh with again water all down there all, all along the left side yes so 14 is another par four uh from where we played it from it was a short par four everybody knows running thing i love me a short par four um this isn't a gettable short par four in one. I mean, it's 389 water on the left that runs the majority of the, of the fairway. There's trees that are on the right hand side, but if you can hit it, you know, two two twenty to two forty, you're pretty much going to hit past the trees. You just can't hit it left at all. Cause you're going to find the water, which I found. Um, you know, I, I hit like a white, I hit a dead pole drive. It was very ugly straight into the water left. It, it was not a great shot. Not at all. Um, and I think it, it was, a, it was, a, it was, I'm hot and tired. Swing. Yes. Like I, I saw it immediately. <laughs> Granted the hole before we should mention, we're not going to talk about this hole. The hole before is legitimately a from the tees we played a 232 yard par three 239 from the back tees so again that's the crazy thing where it's like that's a par three the hole we're talking about is a short par four chris gets this amazing up and down for par on 13 and then just hits the most disgusting tee ball of his life in the water i think you were one over at the time and i was like the boy's getting tired like it's hot I was like, it's a, it's a, it's a, he's tired. Yeah. Swing. I mean, I was one over coming into 14. I ended up shooting an 80. That just shows you my, my game fell apart with the heat. I, it got to me. I'm a big boy. AKA my name is big Chris. 
I get hot real fast. The, the, the heat definitely affects my game. I can make it through probably 13 holes in 100 degree heat and then it starts affecting me. And it definitely affected me that day. And so feeling it on that hole, dropped the ball. I didn't hit a good second shot, didn't hit a good third shot. I mean, it was it was just an atrocious look. And then two putt for six. It was just not not ideal. But I still have appreciation for this hole. I still really like it. And that's the thing. A lot of people really don't like holes that they don't play well. I've played Quail Valley enough outside of this round to where I really appreciate the playability of this hole. Like, I mean, I love the way it shapes off the tee. And then, again, the reason I like this is pretty similar to the last hole that I love. It's a very, very guarded green. You have room to go long on this green, but you have bunkers left with trees and a little mounding on the left-hand side. Water front, a kidney-shaped green that kind of wraps around the water, and it's a full send. You have to clear everything to hit this green. There is no hitting it short. There is no hitting it left. I mean, it's full send, hit this green, or hit it long, period. And again, I love it with, I love a challenging approach shot. That is, and I probably love that because it's probably the strongest part of my game. So outside of my putting. So, you know, approach game and and putting. And I'm going to tell you, when you combine those two, your putting is pretty good if you're only having to putt 15 footers. Just, just a little insight for yeah. any, any of our listeners out there, guys. If you're within 15 feet, you're probably going to be a better putter than if you're having to hit a lot of 20, 30-footers. Yeah. Just love that we're complimenting ourselves. Hell yeah. Love that. But, Chris, it's, it's similar, too. I mean, it's, it's the same thing I highlighted on the ninth hole where there's mounds along 14. But, like, you can literally blast it as number three fairway, right? Like, it's totally fine. That's a totally fine thing. But when you're standing up there, you're like, well, there's mounds. Like, yeah, but, dude, there's, like, a huge pond to the left. So, like, you should just blast it. So, again, that's where they're giving you options. And I feel like all these holes, too, it's similar to number nine. There's, like, almost an entry point to the left or the, to, the, to the right of the green. It's just hit it far enough right to make sure you're not taking a penalty stroke. And it's pretty hard to make a big score. Of course, you took the penalty stroke and made the big score. But it's like, if you don't do this, you're fine. I think I hit driver, probably shouldn't have. I had, like, 62 yards in. And it's, like, 8 feet just with my birdie putt and got out of there. But I hit the perfect drive. Um, but, again... Plenty of room right, just don't hit it left. But if you look at the if you, on, on the website, it looks like a pretty intimidating hole. And standing up there, the tee box is also kind of pushed back into almost like a little kind of alcove. Um, it feels more intimidating than it should because, again, it's whatever, man. Aim it to the right, hit it to the right, get out of here with the par. When you're kind of tucked back in that area, mounds on the right, it's a very visually kind of deceiving hole. And when it's 100 degrees and you're hot, it doesn't help either. But also, too, coming off of the last hole, which is this, like, 
you know, 230 yard mammoth of a par three. Um, it kind of just has you a little, like you just feel a little wobbly to get up to that tee box and are asked to hit up, you know, what you think has to be a really good tee shot when in actuality, just hit it to the right, you know, it. hit it to the right, leave yourself open into that green and you're going to have a good play on there. Yeah. So my last hole, uh, is number six. Uh, it is a par three. It says on here, if Matisse played about 150 yards, uh, again, same idea. There's, <laughs> there's water, but from 150 yards, I don't think, you know, unless you just hit a, a, a terrible shot, not really in play, but bunker short, bunker long. But the thing that you have no concept of unless you play there is there's almost like a, um, like a nose in the middle of a mound in the middle of the screen. So the pin was all the way on the right. It was just asking you to like get boned on the right side. Um, and so I kind of bailed out to the left. Middle of the green, that was a good shot. Well, I get up there, and it's like, I think I played like six feet of break. It's straight downhill. It's one that if you hit too hard, it could start rolling off of the green. Could you know If you really hit a bad putt, it could probably roll in the water. Um, it was one of those where like I really had to lock in. I think I putted it literally to the top of the mound it almost stopped and then just kind of creeped down and I think I still had to make a four or five footer coming back up the hill uh but I love that like again 150 yards 165 from the back nothing crazy uh but really really hard and then the other thing too is like one of the guys in our group hit in the water um man what a hard shot from the drop area, right? Like, especially from the, where the drop area is, having to hit it over that ridge in the middle of the green to that flag. Um, one where, like, I made that five-footer for par and was like, get me the fuck out of here. Like, I, this is not what I expected. I saw the water. The water isn't the issue. The real, real penal thing here is bunker short, bunker along with a very very kind of like challenging ridge in the middle of the green uh it also means i would imagine that like that middle area is not pinnable so it's going to be on one of those sides but if the pin is over where it was on the right side you really should not hit it onto that side so like again realistically if the pin's over on the right side of that ridge you're just going to have to have a really good two putt to to make par probably a much easier hole over on the left but again can't emphasize enough the severity of, of that ridge in the middle and when the greens were as fast and firm as they were when we played out there it's one where again it, it says it's the 14th handicap hole not at all i think people who are you know who are not great approach players who are not good putters the best you're going to make there is a four where the pin was do you agree 100 percent and you know again if you hit it within 15 feet you, it's an easy hole i mean that's all I had to do. Hit it to 15 feet, and it was an easy, easy two-putt par. I mean, I'm just saying. But, no, it's a very challenging hole. Okay, okay, okay Xander Reinhardt over here. <laughs> it, it's a very challenging hole off the tee. I mean, you have all the hazards you possibly could think of that that creates obstacles for you. Water in front, bunker in front can't miss it right or you have that that severe you know uh nose in the middle of the green if it's if the pin is playing back left or any on the left you can miss it left and you have a much easier way of going about that hole but for how short of a par three it is it's extraordinarily challenging 
because one stat that I love telling people, and I tell people this at work all the time because every person that comes in and gets fitted thinks that they should hit six irons to within five feet of each other. Um, One of my favorite stats, PGA Tour player, six iron average hitting a green is a dispersion width of 30 feet. So a tour player has a dispersion width with a six iron of 30 feet. So if any amateur listening to this thinks that they're going to hit a a green that's probably 40 feet wide every time or even 50% of the time, guess what a tour person's average is? Less than 30% are going to hit that green. So guys, plan your misses. Know where your miss is and hit the ball to where if you're going to miss, you know that's where your ball is going to go. Because that's how you that's how you strategize and score low. So just a little just a little tidbit in there that that I tell everybody that comes in to to get fitted. Just remember when you're hitting a six iron, if you're within thirty feet, that's that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Thank you, Chris Scheffler. We we really appreciate that that insight from you. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. It's it's a hole that like you make a par and you you say awesome and you get out of there, and that's why it's not the I, you could say handicap fourteen. In my personal opinion, that's not correct. Uh, but we'll get out of here with a couple of holes. You know, again, a lot of really good holes, but a couple of snoozers. Um, for me, I picked number eleven uh, mainly because I think what I liked about this course was it made you think a lot during the day. When you looked at number 11, there's water. It's a 320 yard hole. The water comes in at about 245. And I mean, I guess if you kill like, like you, it's also, it's slightly an elevated green. You're not going to get it up by like like you're just you're 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 not gonna push it by the green because left there's like some trees there's some thickets right you're fucked you're in the water and then there's bunkers at like 240 right around where the water ends so it's like you just click the bunkers you pick a club one club shorter than that you hit a gap wedge in and you make par like it's just like it's actually a hole that does not require you to think it's like being aggressive here is of no advantage the bunkers are uh, what would make it better is if the bunkers were 30 yards up more then it'd be like okay if i hit it left a little short i'm in the bunker then i've got like 180 yards in but because the bunkers are equidistant to where the water starts you just draw a line pick a club short of that and then just hit a gap wedge pitching wedge in and there's not much to it can you make a bogey i guess again green is tilted very aggressively from back to front i kind of spun it off chipped it up got it up and down pretty easy up and down um but on a day where i thought there was a lot of strategy a lot of thinking um it was one where i kind of got up there and went okay just hit a hit my four hybrid up there about 215 yards hit a pitching wedge up there and kind of get it up and down and we're just gonna get out of here with the par um probably make a birdie uh but it's one where it's like taking a club longer than about 210 215 yards 
if you're doing it, I don't understand why. And there's re- really no advantage to it. But it doesn't have the stimulating factors of like two I mentioned. Two can trick you into making you think that the hitting a longer club is better. Or it's so visually confusing that like you could, in theory, like we talked about, hit the wrong thing and aim at the wrong area. This is just hit it 210 yards, hit a pitching wedge up there, and you're going to make a three or a four. That's about it. And I just thought that that did not really stand out on a lot of holes that really did stand out here. So for me, it was number 11. I think for you, Chris, not because you were hot and tired, but I know 17. I'm with you. 17, like we pulled up there and it was like, oh my God, we hit driver. No fucking way do you hit driver. So like, I know 17 did not resonate with you and I agree. Yeah, so 17 is a par five. So technically with distance, driver is the play. You know, four 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 fifty two. Yeah, so four fifty two. So even if you know, let's say we're average amateurs. You know, average amateurs are going to hit their three wood about two thirty. That's going to still leave you two twenty in, which gives you enough playability with being a par five. If you're laying up from there, you hit one eighty. You've got a chippy little forty fifty yard shot in. It's still birdieable, but it's just. I don't like par fives, in my opinion, that hinder you. If it if it's going to be a short par five, like four fifty nine is really a short par five, you know. Um, and that's from the tips. We played four fifty two, very short par five. At that distance, you should be able to have an option to where you can go for it in two and try to get that eagle. But because of how this fucking hole sits in his design, basically you hit, you know, 250 out. It tightens so much that there's trees on the left, water on the right. You have like 15 to 20 yards when it bottlenecks left to right of fairway. It's, it's so, so narrow. narrow. Like, it's so... It, it's, like... Stupidly it's narrow. It's literally, like, threading a needle. It's incredibly narrow. And it's just super penalizing for no freaking reason. Like, if they took the trees out on the left-hand side and widened that fairway just a little bit and the water on the right was just the penalty, it would be a much more playable hole, much more fun for most people that come out and play this hole. Um, and it just doesn't leave any creativity on the second shot because again, if you're going to play this correctly, you're probably going to hit a three wood layup chip on, you know, hope for a birdie, probably just walk away with a par. That's just not fun. I mean, it, if you want to go for it, you should be able to, but it just doesn't warrant it. I mean, driver just is just for any amateur driver is just not going to be an accurate play off the tee because of how tight it becomes. Well, we should mention, Chris, you mentioned trees on the left. It like, I hit a pretty big foul ball to the left. There's like fence and road, which actually is OB. So it's like a little miss to the left is like bone zone trees. Big miss to the left is OB right is the water. So it's like, you think about, to your point, you think about the decade golf, like with the driver, people people miss their driver on average about 70 yards. 
if you were to draw like the 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 alignment on there, it's like there's nowhere to hit it, right? Like I think the move is probably seriously, it's probably like five iron, five iron, and try to get it up and down from eighty, you know, from fifty yards, and like that's totally fine. Like because to your point, the I'd be really curious to go back out there when there's nobody out there and figure out like. What, what to take a, a spray paint can and to draw the circle of the go zone from like where you can actually like attack that green it's eight yards wide if i mean i, I make i'm making that up in retrospect that's not no 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 no. You, you play the probabilities you hit five iron five iron try to get up and down worse make is a five you know i actually made birdie on my second ball that's why i made a bogey there you made a triple like we cl- we played so well all day and we but we shot we made four over on a 450 yard par five but again let's give them credit right like they took a like it's, I, I mean, I guess I don't want to give them too much credit because in theory it's kind of stupid what they did, but to make a four hundred and fifty-four yard hole that tricky, again, that's where if you play there, if you were locals, we would never ever hit driver. We would tell people to never ever hit driver because um, it's just the wrong yeah. play. And yeah, and I mean, I, and, and also selfishly, I mean, I'm not like a bang my chest hit driver everywhere kind of person. But I also am kind of with you. We're like, I think on par fives, you should encourage people to hit driver you off the tee. You should be able to. And that, and, that, and, and that hole is being like, you are fucked if you hit driver yeah. off the tee. I mean, if you hit driver and carry it over 230, which isn't even that much to ask, you're in trouble. No. Like, you know, 230 to 260 carry, you're in trouble. If you're a guy that can carry it 280... You might be able to just get it right over the pinch, and and it opens up a little bit. But still, you have to hit a dead ass accurate driver, two hundred and eighty in the yeah. air to be able to have a good. I, play. I mean, it, it, if I got up there and I aimed it as a lefty, I aimed it like along the water on the right, and hit a hammer cut. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe I could I could th- thread that corner and have an eight iron in. That happens two times out of ten. The other times I overcut it and make yeah. double. That's not worth it. Five iron, five iron, get up there. But again, overall, kind of a, a great course. But I'm with you. 17, not because we were grumpy. But 17 was just like a, a very whatever yeah. hole. But pace of play was honestly, I got to give them credit. We should shout them out. That place was a- as busy as I've ever seen a golf course on a weekday. Pace of play overall was fine. The people had the group ahead of us. They had a gentleman in a handicap cart. They were moving. Though that group was fine. There was uh, high school matches out there. They were moving. Like when I saw the handicap gentleman in front of me checking, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to be like an eight hour round." Because I mean, we we couldn't find parking in the yeah. parking lot. We basically parked in the auxiliary the parking dirt. lot. Yeah, but I give them credit. They were moving and shaking. Um, pace of play was fine. Uh, what do we pay like sixty bucks? Sixty week or something like that. Oh, but the cart was, the cart was twenty or per rider. But again, when it's sixty dollars total, like you no. can't really complain. No. Yeah. So good. I mean, again, like there's a lot of great places in Portland, but I'm happy you took me there. And uh, yeah, those are just some of the best. Those are some of the best greens. Uh, to be clear, like a lot of them were small, a lot of them were back to front. But I'm saying conditioning wise. Those are some of the best greens I've ever put it on from a municipal golf course standpoint. It's not, not even close. close. It, and it's one of the best places to play in the winter 
um, in Portland. Huh. Does it drain so well or why? The greens stay that way pretty much year round. I will say that the fairways huh. do soften up. You're not going to get as much rollout. You definitely get a little sure. bit more of a mucky, you know, feel out there. Yeah. The thing is, it was crispy. They we played don't hinder carts too much in the winter, and the course can get can get torn up a little bit when it's wetter out. Oh, you oh you mean that they, they they just allow the same riding yes. year round? And so people are taking uh, carts out into the fairway, and it it will if it's right after see. rain, you're gonna get cart rivets and stuff throughout the fairway and and so Ah. it it can get a little dicey out there with conditions but to play devil's advocate let's remove the carpy for a second when you're talking about a 40 all around those things become more acceptable right it's like you're not gouging people like that that was our whole i shouldn't even say this but that's our whole issue with bram sill right it's like you can't charge a premium price and then have these issues where like if someone's like there are cart rivets it's like dog you paid forty dollars well like, that's shut up. the thing like these greens are amazing and you rates, paid forty dollars shut, shut can up. be adjusted based on what conditions are throughout the year or if you're going through issues true true like, true there's no one like i would have paid, i would have gladly paid more than 60 yeah, for that round well, and that's the, like you were talking about with rams hill like we wouldn't have felt slighted towards Rams Hill if they were like, hey, we're fighting some conditions out on the fairway. We're going to give you guys 20% off your round. Instead, they raised the rates two weeks before yeah. we got there. We booked it for one rate, and yeah. then they raised it by the time we got there and charged us more yeah. than when we booked it for, which I've never heard of, and it's never happened <laughs> we, to me ever. We, but we, 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 we can't, we yeah, can't do Rams Hill. But no, don't, don't play Rams Hill. Go play it, just Valley. like I went out and played Tristan Tree the other day, and they were like, "Hey, the greens are heavy sanded. We just we just dump sand all over them, and, and they probably give you a discounted goes, rate." Dude, I'm just gonna give you the car for free. Just pay for the round. It's like that. Perfect. Sounds good to me. Perfect. Pay thirty eight bucks out the door. Sandy greens. Yeah. I, I and he informed me ahead of time. Told me what was going on and. And hooked it up. I wasn't mad at all. And you know what? They putted fantastic for being sandy. I was shocked. Yeah. Really? Wow. They microbladed the greens and, and heavy sanded over oh, cool. them. And they actually rolled very nice for for being sandy. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's it, I'm that. totally okay with conditions changing as long as you're, you're variable with the price. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I loved it. Uh, I don't think we'll probably I'll play any more golf with you in Portland this year, just because I'll be coming up at Christmas time. But certainly a last great round for 2022 with you um, in Portland. But yeah, dude, excited over the next kind of couple weeks. I know you've been kind of beating up some some new tracks, so we'll kind of we'll kind of be doing the you know like where Chris I'm sort of leading the way, asking questions. Chris will kind of be sharing some of the you know the commentary about some of these places. But I'm excited to to dive in. Um, I don't know that I'll be playing anywhere new uh, upcoming soon, but my big thing with just how much we have going on, um, I think our next free weekend is like Halloween weekend. Uh, right now, it's like a month from now. I'm just committed to playing more golf during the week. So, like, it's not going to be new places to talk about, but like next, next Wednesday, I'm going to go play Presidio. I mean, I'm just, I love playing golf with our buddies. 
But right now with my schedule, it's not aligning and weekends are hard. So it's like, I'm just going to try to go play Presidio during the week. Uh, cause I just got to play more. I, I've just got the itch. I mean, like I mentioned last week, you know, I, the thing that's been <laughs> top of mind is like, you know, I, last week at Stanford birding for the last eight holes, but shooting 75, it, it's like exciting, but it's driving me crazy, you know? Um, so I just got to get back out there. So big Chris, great to talk to you, man. And, uh, yeah, excited to talk to you next yes, week. Sir. Bye. Peace. Bye.